Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast, Scary Stories. Today's episode is all about phone calls and text messages. And let's get started with the episode. Never meet your number neighbor. Has anyone else seen the post yet? The guy messaged someone whose phone number is identical to his, apart from the last digit, which is either one number up or down. I scrolled past like any other post you see on the internet, gave it a quick chuckle, and continued like any other time. The idea was pretty absurd. I thought especially with how easy it is to look someone up these days. Not to mention you have the same area code, and there's a lot of lunatics out there looking for a reason. Those thoughts came and went, and before I knew it, I was going about my days as usual, when I felt my pocket buzz. My hands were full of groceries at the time, so I didn't pay much attention to it, but it continued to buzz at random intervals. When I finally finished putting everything away, I was able to reach into my pocket and pull out my phone. Hello, the text read. That was all, and of course, it was from a number I didn't recognize, so I replied asking who it was. Already subscribed to the idea that there was someone who had simply dialed the wrong number. I didn't get a response. I continued doing my chores without interruptions until the sun began to set, and my pocket vibrated again. It stalled me. It has been several hours since the individual first messaged me. I figured they realized their mistake and just moved on, but there they were again, another message. What time is it where you are? The message completely annoyed my earlier require, and I nearly decided just to block the number after that. I scrolled when I read the number to myself. It was the same area code as mine, so why were they asking me what time it was? That's when I had a chance to look over the number in my head. You don't say your own number out loud very often, so it can be pretty easy not to recognize it immediately upon seeing it. But there it was, every digit in the string the same as mine, except the last one, which was a 4 instead of a 3. That was the one mystery solved in my head, and then a realization gave me slight relief. I got a quick chuckle from it and decided to play along. Maybe I would get a good screen grab from it. The people could share around. I replied to the same time where it was should be for my number neighbor. I wanted the person to know that I was picking up on what they were putting down, so to speak. Is it hot where you are? A new test asked. This message came in as faster. I was already getting the feeling that the person was either confused or was having one-way conversations, or perhaps they were just trying to lure me into saying something stupid so they can post it online. It was the middle of the summer and it was quite warm out, but I wasn't about to play into the person's game, so I lied, implying that my AC was running full blast due to the heat and that I was pretty comfortable. Almost immediately, the next message came through with the vibrations from the navigations. Shake my head. Your AC isn't on, it read. I must have read the message about 15 times with each letter engraved in my eyesight. I felt the chill run down all my body. The feeling was about to cool air blasting 
from my air conditioner because as the text correctly stated it wasn't on it was currently off because i had decided to just to deal with the heat and the efforts to lowering my electricity bill when i finally managed to lift my gaze from my glowing screen i quickly scanned around my living room paying particular attention to the windows with a faint beam of light still peeking over the horizon i tried to see if any shadows stood out before i let myself panic i decided to probe further maybe it was just a lucky guess i couldn't have been the only person sweating it out to save a little money in my area my fingers were quickly tapping against the screen to reply i made mention that i was a lucky guess in guess i asked where they were not how they added of course the actual neighbor would be once again i am um, the moment i send the message a notification lit up my screen it was as if the person already had the message typed out the backyard it said another message quickly followed it this time containing my home address i didn't stand there and stare at the message this time instead i stuffed my phone in my pocket and started moving towards my number neighbor's proposed location when i got close to the kitchen which had a large sliding glass door overlooked my backyard i stopped with my hands on the doorway i slowly peeked around the corner to try to get a look out the yard the first thing that became clear was that the motion lights hadn't been triggered and since by then the sun was no longer offering lights it was difficult to make anything out I felt the rhythmic beating of my heart as I peered into the darkness trying to get my eyes to adjust. Either there was no one there, whoever was there had been standing pretty damn still for a long time. My heart nearly stopped working altogether. When my phone vibrated once again, my senses were so on the edge, it felt like my whole leg was trembling. Ducking back behind the door frame with the glowing of my mobile screen, the only source of light, realization just had the dark it has become. Don't be afraid, we're neighbors now. The latest message read. Just as I finished reading it, a beam of light pierced through the dark and pressed against my back. The motion lights had been triggered. My body was shaking and I wanted to shut down. I fought the urge and went to make a call to the emergency services. But as soon as I clicked the icon to dial a number, I received a text. It said, We're neighbors, Darcy. message halt my movement it would be one thing if the person knew my name but so few people call me darcy my finger lowered to press again the number nine we're neighbors darcy and then the message came through again and when the notification of the text went away it repeated yet again one after another the same text appeared on top of my phone i could feel the phone rattling constantly as the steam of notifications came through they just kept coming in faster than my phone could keep up with numbers of notifications at the top of ever growing and quickly numbering the hundreds 
when I finally was able to press the one key getting closer to making my call, I watched in horror as the input failed to register. My phone began to lag. The text coming in was slowing my phone down dramatically. My breath caught in my lungs. After I pressed the final button, I waited for the number I just called to appear on the screen. Finally, it did. And I let out a breath and I was been holding with a relief sigh. I pressed the green key to ignite the call, all while continuing to bombard it with the same messages over and over again. Before I could bring the phone to my ear, however, the screen flickered to darkness. I could barely see myself in the section of the black screen. I could see my phone just enough to watch the expression on my face drop. I was so caught up with emotion I hadn't even noticed how hot my phone had my hands been getting. The device was working overtime trying to get through all the messages. I cursed myself for not buying a newer phone model. With the phone overheating, it must have shut itself down. Overwrite died. Either way, I was left completely alone and defenseless. With the motion lights having been gone out again, I had no idea whether my number neighbor was anymore. I clenched the phone and tried steadily my breath, but my efforts to calm myself were cut short as I heard a distant crash coming from the living room. The sound of it had something punctured a window. I recalled in response to the impact and waited for something else to happen. If someone was going to climb in, they would be making a bit of a noise and gave away the position, but I heard nothing. Only my heart stiff breath filled the air. Then there was the click of a simple turn of a digital dial that could have noticed a seat unit to rattle my life being coming. It occurred to me that any shuffling sound from outside would easily be drowned out by the noise of my air conditioner was producing quickly i turned and made my way to the back door i thought it was fast enough to make it out before the person got back the light had gone out again i thought it was safe to make a run for it Approaching the sliding glass door, my hopes were quickly dashed. The light has been off again because it has been dismantled. They were a little discouraged in the patio. Bits of lit laying were like, oh, it has been mold. Panic set in as I realized the broken light had cut me across your figure. A man easily beside a bear stood just inches behind it. My eyes set tight. I could feel thin veins of liquid being pushed into my cheeks. The man stepped forward and placed his hand on the door, and with one quick movement, the wooden rod locking the door snapped, and the door was pried open. The splinters of the rod sounded like bones being bent in half, which served to remain my overfrontal. There was no time to think or to concrete a plan as the intruder started advancing. Only my instincts remained. My guts told me to run, turn and run out of the front door as hard as I fast as my body could allow. With the pillow of my sweaty bare feet against the hallway floor, I turned my back to my assassin. If I was more alert, I would have noticed the light and heard yelling, but all my focus on survival. In the course, my body made a mad dash to the front door. Before I was able to reach the living room, however, I ran chest first into something. 
I know for an instant I tried to fight against the obstacle. Lord's hands cupped mine to vigorous move past me. As my sense returned, I looked into the eyes of the man in front of me and realized it was wearing a blue uniform, faded in light of red silence. The other two men that were shooting company began to restrain my number neighbor as the officer who caught me tried to calm me down. With my cell phone still in the head, I pressed the power button and nippily asked if my call made it through. I didn't get an answer at the time. My number neighbor didn't put up much fight. He had no problem intimidating a girl all on her own. But with two pistols aiming in this way, he became a lot more subordinate. Before I really got a good look, the guys, they were pulling him out my busted front door. Officer McKean, the one who I ran into, helped me my calm down and made sure I was safe before he answered any questions. When the time was right, I asked again how the cops knew what was going on, and if I called, and through. We got a call, no one was on the other line, so we decided to come check it out, Officer Mayhem said. With a gentle smile, I asked him why they were investigating a call without information or however they knew the house to go to. I'm the chief of the police, so no one can really tell me no. After a while, well, you developed a hunch for these things, he explained. Even in a dim lighting, I could see the sharp figure in his face. What's your number? He questioned. I figured he needed to know for the report, so I read the number out. Once I figured finished reading it out loud, bumping and laughed and going through the house. That's crazy, he said. We're number neighbors. Can you believe that? He laughed as he held up his phone and the eyes scanned them. It was exactly mine except for the last digit, which was a four instead of a three. My stomach and his chair expressly dropped in tandem and he looked down at the phone quickly typing a message i could take my eyes off him until i felt a buzzing or hugging a new message on the scene that i had sent with the other message but the newest one was different it read no one will ever believe you mccade held the phone just messaged me with up on the face and twisted in left and right and mounted the words burner before smiling ear to ear. Have a good night, Darcy, he said in company tone and took to my chin, flashing me quickly awake. After everyone had left me with my two broken doors and a smashed window, I decided to find a motel to sleep in until they were fixed. I didn't want to risk going to my parents' place. I'm here now in a shitty motel, unsure of my next move or how to handle this. I don't know who the larger man was, but I know criminals will do anything to lower the sentence. All I know is that my number neighbor can leave me alone.
Day phones have nearly become extinct in these days and ages, gone the way of VHS tapes and keeping your down to yourself, rather than sharing it via social media with thousands of others. So when you see one of these rare structures from a simple past, most often worn away by the elements and stained with graffiti and dirty investments, you often think who? Bar homeless people checking for change or embarrassed men wanting a number for a busted escort. Who's these anymore? It was on my way home from finishing a shift at a very budget version of KFC that I noticed one. I was had been taking the same route home most days for the last three years and never ever registered being there. But on a slight colder than usual night in September, as the misery rain started to blow the vision of the glass, there it was, a solitary phone box, not decorated with average drawings or cursed words, but a devastated emerald with black grime in the last. I started to walk on unfazed by the outdated mystery box that had been passed me for years until it rang. Why did I answer? I don't know. Call it means in curse, but sometimes got the better of me. Who the hell was calling a random British small town payphone at 11.07 p.m. at night? It was one of those pre-recorded cold calls, likely. Or was something far more bizarre. Or a 22-year-old fried chicken soup worker wasn't likely the existence of picking it up the receiver to make a Tuesday night a little more instant than it was. Good evening, I answered quickly and confident, just in case I still keep lucky and it was one of those filthy chat signs. Crackling wind static, maybe a woman breathing. The connection was too bad to tell. I put the phone down and made my way back to my own bedroom flat. It rang again. Once more, I thought I really had a very little going on at home that night. Hello, Jamie speaking. How can I be your assistance of your daily night? I answered. Oh, hi. Sorry about the last call. A singer is very bad here. A girl, an American girl. What sounds like a cute American girl? British accents aren't all that. So I just presumed. Hmm, no problem. So what's up? I said for some reason, my internal voice reminding me why I was single. Oh, nothing much, just bored. You said your name was Jamie, right? I'm Charlotte. Great to meet you. Well, not really me, just great to talk to you. The boys at the other end of the line started gleefully. The crackling and the wind still slightly present in the background. Same to you, I guess. Just one question though, why the hell are you calling this payphone? Oh, silly me, I'm, I'm just busting into a conversation. Of course, you think that was weird. Some unknown girl just calling you in the middle of the night. Oh, it's, it's night where you are. It's always dark here, so I just presume it is everywhere. Yeah, it's night. Oh, lucky guess. Well, I didn't really know who I was calling. I just pressed this emergency button on the payphone and the end of the here. I'm talking to you. Wait.
emergency. Are you okay? Do you need help? A little bit, yeah. What's wrong? I'm dead. My night just got interesting. Like, are you meaning the slang word Instagram? Hashtag Starbucks drink white girl kind of dead from LOZ? Or literally dead, as in your heart has stopped beating? Huh, you're funny. The second one, I'm literally dead. I mean, I'd rather have went with what are you wearing line. But a conversation with a dead girl is better than no conversation at all. So I played along. So what does being dead feel like? I got to be honest with you, it's not great. It's obviously a bit cold. My skin doesn't feel like ice. It feels like concrete, she said. Her voice lost its positivity. All my joints can move, but I feel like if I move too fast, I'll start crumbling. It's also really hard to breathe. Like, I can breathe, but every butt is so small and sharp that I never satisfied. It always feels like I need to be a deeper but my lungs just can't do it. Jesus, I was hoping for a bit of a joke answer, not an actual serious description. Anyway, how did you die? I slit my wrist in the bath, but I can't remember why I did it. I don't think I wanted to die. Okay, I am more flustered than this conversation began. Thanks for making the night slightly intriguing. I gotta go. No, you can't go! And angry now, it means from the receiver which i can think about it should have been fear and why is that because you can help me and i can help you what could i possibly get from a dead girl apart from a couple of years of mental hospital for nice girl give you a message don't you want to hear from the couple you ran over and left to die a lump the size of a heavy boxer filled my throat the moisture from my tongue disappeared and then after a chill first filled from the phone box was replaced with a center level of nervous heat who who is this i may have to stutter don't be afraid they just know things they're here with me they want you to know something you listen to me, you creepy little. I don't know who this is, but I'm going to find you and end you. Just like you did them. No one knows that. No one could possibly know that. I never told anyone about them. They're not mad that you turned, didn't turn back and help them. They know you were scared and have been sad ever since. They got the secret to make you happy. Jimmy, that's what you want, isn't it? To be happy? To not work late nights in a greasy takeaway board out of your mind only to return home and jack yourself to sleep? I wanted so hard to put the phone down then to run to hide, but as frozen as I was with fear, the curiosity grew in me. What if I really was in contact with the beyond? What if this mysterious phone box that maybe did just appear from nowhere did connect with me with the other side? And if the dead didn't have the power to contact the living, what secrets could they bestow upon me? Where are you? Can we meet face to face? Talk? You would like it here, Jamie. It's awfully cold and doesn't really make sense 
whatever. It just a long crooked road with a dim light at the end, kind of like when the sun is just about to set over the horizon. I said it's more red than a burning orange. But anyway, listen to me. Go on about the landscape of the afterlife like I have all the time in the world. You don't have all the time in the world, as puzzled about the rules of death. No, you see, you're my one phone call. My one phone call that could bring you back to life. Bring you back to life? How would that work? All I need is some blood, Jamie. Just a few drops of blood to replace some of mine that I lost when I took my own life. Carissa's voice had sense discussions about it. Now I heard it obtained people that came in the chicken shop ravens with hunger over ordering the budget over the counter. So, do I mail it to you or go to the nearest pet cemetery? What's process for this lady? Just cut your hand, open a part in the receiver, I'll get it. Don't worry, and then you'll tell me the secret? Yes, you'll know everything I know. I took my pocket knife from my work bag and rang it through the hand with hesitation and pressed my bleeding palm to the bottom of the phone. The pain not really bothering me due to the absurd situation I was in, but catching a vital disease from the sticking receiver did cross my mind. I held it there for 30 seconds, not really knowing how long it took for the blood to seep through to wherever the hell the dead girl is. They brought it back to my ear. Hello, did it get to you? Has it worked? I laughed and rose through the lab. It didn't sound like a dead girl. It sounded like I ever heard before. It was a mixture of hesitant and pure anger. and sounded like it came from Mexico. But it's all joined together into a cohesive barrel of straight laughter. I haven't been completely grateful to you, Jamie. That's his chick voice said now back to her normal tone. Like the chorus of laughter never happened. I am dead, of course. That is not a lie, but there's no secret I can tell you. Embarrassed ever felt such such bad idea. I dropped the phone, leaving it swinging, and I went to push the door. To exit the box, but it didn't budge. I put my shoulder into it, no, not caring if I smashed the glass in efforts, but still nothing. I returned to the phone. What? How do I get out of here? Aren't you wondering why I killed myself, Jamie? While I pondered her question, I noticed that the blood was still pulling from my hand, but instead of hitting the floor as gravity would have tended to, it was floating away towards the roof of the phone box to create an upside-down puddle of deep red blood. Well, after you killed my parents drunk driving, I had hard enough to my uncle, who didn't treat me very nicely, like, put it in that way. The children at the school called me old friend girl. This teamed me up with so-called Uncle Evers towards me ditched. So, do any good for my mental health. I was feeling lightheaded, 
Now my blood was now gushing out of my, like a vacuum cleaner was sucking out of it. It was now slowly starting to cover the windows of the phone box, blocking my view to the outside world. That's why I decided to cut my wrist. But as I lost blood in the bath and my eyes started to flutter, I realized I didn't want to die. Which is when my parents met me on the other side. They wanted me to live too. They told me a way I could live. The dead do really know things, Jamie. Oh yeah, going to find someone just being dead. She explained with a joyful voice. How how can you live? I managed to whisper my leg become weaker on every word I said. If I could find someone undeserving of life and willing to get them to offer blood to me was the blood that I lost. That I could return. My parents told me of you. How you knocked them over while you were blind, drunk, and left them to die. And they were on vacation in your country. It was a tough call, however, to plead you of a uncle dry. But I figured I could take care of him once I'm back in my body. Because if you taught me anything, Jane, it's easy to get away with murder. I felt the floor only just clinging as my phone because the voice had only disappeared in place with the choir defending after with me on the grave, singing me to sleep as eyes began to shut for the last time, surrendering by my own blood, which had been consuming the box completely. My breath was short. My skin felt hot. I found the slightest strength to open my eyelids. I saw a dim glow of light that was nearly the raising settle of the sun, but of something morbid that filled non-breathing heart with a sinking rag faith. I was dead. So here I am posting this story on TV Hashtag from the other side of my iPhone because who really answers the phone anymore? I'm glad I got your attention because it's true that dead do know things and I know what you have done. I've gotten so lonely here on the dark smoke, but now that you really this and I'm in your head, I can wait for you to join me. After all, we deserve to be here. Be careful next time you cut yourself because there's a chance it might not heal. See you real soon. two stories was so creepy a number neighbor that actually turned out to be the cop who came to her house but who was that guy outside the door the entire time that was coming in at her and what about the phone call from beyond the grave can you even think that it's possible to get a phone call from beyond the grave you never know see you in the next episode